Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 121. I could try and work it out in binary, but frankly, I can't be arsed. It's been a long day. Good evening, everybody. Yeah, binary, hex, it's all nonsense, really, ain't it? 121, that serves its purpose. Yes, it's thrown a zero and you got the digits of the year. I'll be in the wrong order. <laughs> Useful information. I'm a mind of useless information. Yes, we know. You didn't have to agree. <laughs> that sounded like music in the background. Uh, not from my end. Certainly not from my or a plane. Could have been a plane or a motorcycle. Anywho. <laughs> Interesting taste in music you have then, isn't it? I have a large bore idiot living next door to me. Oh, right. Got you. I haven't actually heard any music or encountered them since about three weeks ago, so maybe the car is just parked there. Maybe it'll blow up accidentally. Maybe I can help it do that. Right, if we're good to go. Yep, I'm all set. I press space, why did nothing happen? Can we try that again? Yeah, just let me rewind to the beginning again. Well, I'm at three seconds, actually. Not that that really seems to make any difference. Yeah, we'll have to see halfway through our, uh, <laughs> well, runtime is 42.10. Oh, I've got that, but our runtime seemed to vary until they sync at the end, but the audio doesn't seem to drop out of sync. Weird, isn't it? It's not the weirdest thing that's happened to us. And that's true. I'm just waiting for the power to go out. Go on, I dare you. <laughs> shake my fist up at God. Yeah, well, I'm an atheist, so you can shake your fist at the university if you wish. Wake up. Go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlas.org slash blog. All right, let's try again. Ever three, ever do, ever hain. <laughs> Roar. Fade in on. Ooh, replicator. Or, oh, yes. As Michael Shank yeah. says, replicators. A quick look at the episode Menace, when we saw Reese, and there she gets shot again. If, as you say, this android was responsible for creating the first generation of replicators, it may well prove invaluable. Uh, sure, we don't see that happen in Thor. Thor and Revelations? Is that Puppet Thor or CG Thor? That's for CG Thor. And the Prometheus from last episode? So three episodes in the previously. Not too bad. Zap and zap. I have no idea where we are. I can't plot a course for home. The Asgard. Oh, buddy. Great entrance. Any help us out here? It is we who need your help. The Asgard homeworld has been overrun by the replicators. We need you. Ooh, pretty. Are you serious? Very. This ship you need, this brand new ship. Yes. So no, it doesn't have a name yet. It's not even finished. <laughs> Jack, Jack, not happy about this. No, absolutely not. It certainly defies conventional wisdom. Mine too. Yes, I'm caught on pretty quick. But then she spent time with Thor, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. Vastly. Did you really have to say that? What? 
a task for which you are uniquely suited. You need someone dominant. Oh dear. <laughs> your physical prowess and military expertise that are required. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Flattery goes a long way with me. But if you're going where I think you're going with this... And yet another episode where we don't get Corrin. He's there. But this is a Jack moment. Jack and Thor. Oh, there's Corrin. I forgot. Why is he on the ship again? Why was I convinced Corrin wasn't on the ship? I have no idea. By us. The android Reese that you discovered and provided to us for study retained a single core command in her base programming, which we believed all replicators would still follow. Well, that's fortunate. Reese actually did come in handy then. The android was damaged beyond repair. Yes, Jack, you broke it. The key command was activated within her neural network, amplified, and broadcast through subspace throughout the known universe. <laughs> You've reminded me. One of my colleagues sent an email out asking if there was an issue with the firewall, and I pointed out to her when I saw her about 20 minutes later. You do realise that given that it's taken 40 minutes to get anywhere, he may not have received the email yet about the email. <laughs> what was the trap? Time dilation device generating a field radius of 0.16 light years. Wow, that's some trap. Well, that sounds like a decent plan. Yes. They created a bubble in space around the replicators, within which time was slowed down by a factor of 10 to the fourth power. Relatively speaking, sir, one year to the replicators would be about 10,000 years to the rest of us. An hour would be over a year, a day would be. I get it. The point is, if the plan had worked, it would have effectively bottled the replicators up in one place and bought the Asgard thousands of years to solve the problem. No, the point is, it didn't work. O'Neill is correct. <laughs> Don't look so surprised, Jack, just because you're right. You broke it, didn't you, Thor? Silly Thor. Is that Puppet Thor or CG Thor? That's Puppet Thor. He doesn't look as translucent. Yes. Guess who's going to find out, boys? The device was encased in a solid neutronium shell and set with a time delay sufficient to evacuate our entire civilization. Well, however strong neutronium is, wouldn't the replicators be able to eat through it? Eventually, yes. But not in sufficient time before the device activated. This calculation was made with considerable margin for error. When the time came, nothing happened. <laughs> Yet it still went wrong. Wrong. Like that firework that just didn't go off and keeps saying, go on, you see to it. No, you. We need somebody stupid to go and poke it. Fly your ship through replicator-dominated space. Repair whatever damage may have been done to the time dilation device. And activate it before the replicators can stop you. <laughs> That's all okay. Oh, you broke up there. I think that's your end. I'm getting full signal, and you've been breaking up on and off. Okay then, unnatural selection. As we said, episode 121. First aired in the US, uh, January 10th, 2003. But premiered in the UK on December 4th, 2002. Huh? Yes, Sky One got it first. Ooh. The Aussies had to wait till August the 21st, 2003. Ouch. RCT is crap. Yes, shame. No, trust me, I've seen it, it's crap. Yeah, the episode shares its titles with episodes from TNG, Outer Limits, The Lost World, Battle for Earth. And before I forget, written by Brad Wright, directed by Andy Makita. Andy. Once again, ooh. It's the same shot. Okay, but it's still... 
<laughs> Thor, Gardy. There's no way. The replicators will soon consume all that they can within our home galaxy. Yours will be next. I thought we were too primitive to consume. Your technology would not immediately attract the replicators, but they would eventually be drawn to the raw materials of which your civilization is built. Keep saying it, Jack. <laughs> it's not going to get any better. <laughs> That's not exactly going to stop him from paying you a visit. I see. Did all of the Asgard manage to escape? Most, but not all. A great battle was fought. The evacuation fleet is standing by in the void between our two galaxies, awaiting to hear word of your response. There's really not much choice, Jack. No. My response? We have done all that we can and failed, O'Neill. You and your team represent our last hope. Yeah, great. So, no pressure, right? Oh, this is very, very talky, isn't it? It is, yeah. All the close-ups that you see of Thor were actually filmed separately. And the shots with uh, Richard Dean Anderson was all done in one day because uh, he had a flight in the afternoon. It's good to be a producer. He hardly seems to spend any time on the set at all these days. <laughs> You'd think, surely, that given that he's one of the main stars, he could be asked to hang around during filming. In the past, your projectile weapons have been most effective. Yeah, well, we don't have any projectile weapons with us at the moment, and according to Carter, we're a long way from... One of the problems when Richard Dean Anderson actually stood up beside Thor was that he's standing exactly where all the puppeteers normally work. Oh, oh sweet. <laughs> you towed us back into Earth's orbit. Now, that's a graphic demonstration how fast the Asgard hyperdrive really is. <laughs> yes. And we always wondered how they can cross galaxies in a matter of hours. Well, there you go. <laughs> I hope you did the paperwork. Oh, wait a minute, we have a few passengers. They are being transported to Stargate Command. I haven't said yes yet. But you are reconsidering. You've got a feeling that the Asgard High Council have planned all this out beforehand. The, the actual notion direction. that SG-1 would refuse never occurred to him. Hey, what are you doing? We're leaving the solar system. Thor... Little fella, I, that's not the way it works. It's not my ship. It's not up to me. The journey to our home galaxy will take many hours with your vessel in tow. You may consult your superiors en route. <laughs> you should have gone off when you could. <laughs> Sergeant, I can't explain it, sir. It's like everything in the armory just disappeared. P90s, Spaz-12s, saws, claymores, everything. That was good at the Asgard. Sir. Before the people who commandeered the X-303 just appeared out of thin air in the holding room. Oh, wonderful. Back up Cheyenne Mountain, Dan Shea, Walter in the background. Yay. Half the food stores went missing at the same time. You're certain the Stargate's been inactive? Yes, sir. What in God's name has happened? <laughs> Hello, sir. Siler. Colonel, it's good to see you alive and well. We were concerned the X-303 was lost with all hands. No, sir, we're all fine. Except for the ghoul. And Simmons, of course. That's a point. Yeah, the last time we saw Jack was when the Prometheus disappeared. <laughs> You're alive. Does that have anything to do with the supplies and equipment that are disappearing from all over my base? <laughs> uh, oops. <laughs> Suffice to say, you might want to get upstairs and punch one on the old speed dial. My grandchildren? <laughs> I think the president might want to know what the Asgard have in mind for our new ship. Uh, nice little comedic touch there with the general. They didn't go for it. Yeah, that one shot cost an exorbitant amount of money because they had the moving camera and the CGI hyperspace window. Ooh. 
pricey. It just looked good. Choice. <laughs> he sends good luck, Godspeed, and all those things he says when he thinks we're gonna die. So what didn't they go for? The name I suggested. For the ship. Yeah. Yeah, sir. We can't call it the Enterprise. Why not? <laughs> See now that tweet we got last week makes more sense. Yeah. It's a Greek tragedy. Who wants that? Okay, the X three o three. It is then. Not boring. Yeah. Uh, what do you got there? Well, the Asgard surmised that the replicators probably disabled the time dilation device by destroying the control interface mechanism. Uh huh. Well, it's really not much more than an advanced timer. But since any Asgard technology we took along would cause the replicators to swarm all over us, Thor had a facsimile of their interface built from Earth-based materials. It'll work just as well as the original, but it shouldn't attract the replicators. He asked. He did ask, didn't he? Yes, he did. I mean, it's his own fault, really. Because <laughs> the because the eyes are starting to glaze, and it's just like, oh god. <laughs> He's trying to look interested. He's trying to remain conscious. You've confused me. I need food. You carry on working, and we'll go and eat. <laughs> Trying to make yourself so? Well, Thor forgot to take the uh, need for refrigeration into account, so I figured we'd start with the frozen stuff. That's good. Mm. I'll buy that. Peanut butter cups or ice cream? Ice cream. Ben and Jerry's. Flavor. Nobody ever says. A brownish one? One looks like chocolate. So, Jonas, first time going up against a replicator, eh? Hmm? I think I have a pretty good idea. Tilk, my ice cream, mine. <laughs> you don't know, argue with Tilk over ice cream, considering you don't, his do you? diet as a Jaffa, exposure to a high sugar thing could send him hypnoglycemic. Makes you wonder why Jack was trying to eat ice cream with a fork, though. Well, so are the other two. No, they've got spoons. Maybe it's a spork. It could be a spork. No, this new set they built for the 303, based on a modular design, so this room could actually just be constructed and deconstructed in a matter of minutes by just simply moving walls. They are no more evil than a virus. The evil virus. Well, I guess we can all agree that uh, any living thing that isn't inherently oh, evil... <laughs> they just taking Jack's ice cream. He's eating vanilla, or at least something white. Probably a vanilla with some sort of added... Wrinkles. Yes. The Americans never realised there are only three types of ice cream. Chocolate, strawberry and vanilla. Well, there's all three together. That's just decadent. We just came out of hyperspace a minute ago. We dare proceed no further without risk of engaging the replicators. You will have to continue from this point under your own ship's power. But you're going to wait here for us, right? There nope, that's not good. You can tell by Thorn <laughs> expression. <laughs> Time dilation device was indeed activated. What's well, good? It's not good? Time is now progressing faster within the field. They reversed it? By a factor of ten squared. What is with you people? Time machines are nothing but trouble. Even we know that. <laughs> yeah, you're saying that now. Wait for another couple of seasons. Oh, yeah. You don't know the half on it. <laughs> what would that purpose be? Well, I gotta tell you, this changes things. In what way, Jack? Carter, how does this change things? I don't know, sir. <laughs> Seriously, why does he ask Carter for explanations? I mean, aside from expositional purposes for the audience, all he's going to do is give himself a headache. Depending on when they did this, relatively speaking, they could have experienced hundreds of years. I get it. If you wish to reconsider... No, no. Full well expected the other shoe to drop eventually. We can only hope that this will be the last footwear to fall. The coordinates to the planet have already been programmed into your navigational computer. We have modified your engines and structural integrity fields to their maximum potential to assure your safe arrival. We will monitor your progress as best we can. 
Good luck. They've been busy, aren't they? Andy Makita, the director, actually went on about cutting Thor's chair in half because he thought it was too tall for the scene. Mm. Never quite understood why Thor had to beam down in his chair. Oh, they're actually sitting at the bridge of the ship first time. Yes. Setting course to program coordinates, throttling up sublight engines. Oh, look at that. Look at the reflection in Thor's ship, though. <laughs> There's always certain amounts to uh, Asgard design, doesn't it? Let me and Keenan the top loading clip. You would have thought Jonas had been proficient in using the P90. Not going to work any faster. Colonel, we're about to pass through into the time dilation field. Right away. Oh, dear. And unloading it when he goes to store it. That's interesting. Is that an actual replicator design ship or one they've taken from another species? Hopefully they'll agree with Thor and think this ship's a piece of junk. They're scanning us. Now, this scanning beam was initially meant to be just a, a simple blue laser line. Yeah. Proved a bit troublesome, so they just went for a very high-intensity arc light. Yes. Overexposed the film and then tweaked it in post. Very, very hot. Indeed. Yes, sir, it's moving off. It's like we're clear to enter the planet's atmosphere. You see, now this is a problem. Question. Given that it's two non-directed engines, there's no visible aerial lines, how the hell do they steer? Reaction jets. I didn't see reaction mass. You don't really have to see it to know it's there. You're ejecting any sort of mass into space. It should be visible, especially if it's gas. Perhaps it's ions. There appears to be little topography of any kind. Ooh, that's very uh, post-apocalyptic. Very Matrix-like. Well, like I said, post-apocalyptic. In Matrix isn't post-apocalypse, what is? Convenient that four people could control the ship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, that's got to be suspicious. Yes. Something big and round. Ground. Maybe it wants to be friends with you. Wait for it. 200 metres. Throttling down to 50%. 150 metres. The surface appears to be completely smooth. 100 metres. No sign of replicators. <laughs> yes. No sign. Why? Because of the bloody planet. Yes. <laughs> They are the ground. Inertial compensators and structural integrity are at maximum. Landing struts are at full extension. What was that? Lightning, sir. All systems are still go. Ten meters. Come on, Jonas. You'll get it. We're nearly there. <laughs> steampunk spaceships. Uh, steampunk. Bioshock. Touchdown! Do a little dance and spike the ball. Shutting down thrusters. No, you'd have thought some of that would have been automated. The ship's not finished. <laughs> oh, very looks a bit cryptic as well. They obviously watch Simon Cowell. It's a giant X Factor. I was thinking Fortress of Solitude from Superman. It's not really crystalline enough for Fortress of Solitude. I must continue with season seven and season eight. And season nine. And this is shot at the Narco Studios. It's a basically a 150-foot green screen. Geek. Yeah. The only thing real is the four actors and the little bit of sand they're standing on. But not the box under. Then where are they? Sir, 
Sir, you're not gonna like this. What is it? This planet's surface appears to be covered by replicator blocks. Probably more than one layer, and who knows how thick it is. Maybe miles. Why would that be? Well, it could be a byproduct of the reverse time dilation. In relative time, they've been here hundreds of years, but there's nothing left to consume, so they're just conserving energy. What's keeping them here? Who cares? Watch your step. Tell him. This planet's surface is replicator block still. This planet is replicator block. <laughs> so why bother with the structure? Because the replicators have evolved. Hmm. And let's face it, it's lightning outside. You want some shelter. And they have to be careful with the machines that were generating the lightning effect, just in case it uh, damages the green screen. Which is what the building's projected onto. Now, you may recognise that stairwell from an episode two weeks ago. Cure. Nope. Not special. It's a little different. There's some ambient light there, then, apart from their torches. Just a little bit. Why would they bother with human spectrum light? Or any light? Oh, it's orange. And it's a giant horseshoe. Yeah, the actual structure of the time machine is from the episode The Light. Oh, all shiny and pretty. Yeah. Even the action isn't very action-filled. I'm sorry, that looks like a jointly magnified child's Lego block. <laughs> it does a bit. It looks a bit too plasticky, doesn't it, really? It looks extremely plasticky. Not exactly a state-of-the-art Asgard design. Mm. Sir, the original interface is still intact. You might be able to... Ah, fifth. Who are you? Colonel Jack O'Neill, U.S. Air Force, Earth. Who are you? The others are coming. He was in the six episodes of Stargate, playing three different characters. Ooh, impressive. Yes, I've been in Smallville, Blood Ties, Supernatural, uh, and Battlestar. Ah, now he looks familiar. Him. Him. Yes, him. Who he? Ian Buchanan. Scottish actor. Very popular US soap actor. I know him from Twin Peaks. I must sit down and watch that. Yes, they could have bought the gold box for fourteen ninety five a couple of days ago. No, we're not buying any more DVDs. <laughs> There's no point in buying Twin Peaks on Blu-ray. Not on Blu-ray, on DVD. It's on Netflix. And I have that soft copy, so there's doubly no point in buying it. I've effectively already bought Jack, you're not quite catching on, are you? No. Carter, how much time you need there? A lot, sir. Maybe a few hours. Hours? Sir, the interface was completely rebuilt. I'm not even sure where to start. Couldn't you crank it up a little bit, move things along? Doesn't work that way, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Evil chuckle. The hint that the uniform is rather blocky. Because if if you haven't noticed, this entire planet is paved with replicators. We are aware of this. Well, then you should also know that these things have taken millions of lives. And they'll keep on doing that unless we stop them. He doesn't understand. You know, he's standing right here. We cannot allow you to stop them, I'm afraid. Wait for it. Why not? We are replicators. Ah. Well, that's rather... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to say, I was expecting more of a response from Jack. That's a response. 
fact that the hair is sort of blowing in the wind of the bullet. It was a nice touch, wasn't it? The plate they shot for the actors they had, had a little wind machine. Hey. Oh, no, that's more like it. They're the replicators we know and love. Lego Mindstones. Why the hell can't you get a Lego Mindstones replicator kit? <laughs> It'd be a huge seller. Tell your companion to step away from the device. Carter. Yeah, they kind of walked right into the middle of something. Yeah, thing. The Asgard didn't really plan for this. They better not have anyway. They should have. Your projectile weapon. Yeah, you know, I think we'll hang on to those for a while. You know, see, we're all friends here. You don't need your guns. Now there is no need. <laughs> We've heard that before. The Ashin said they were friends. <laughs> and then they sterilised us. Bastards. Come on, I'm sure Jack carries a backup piece. This is the best kind of bad guy who's actually, you know, a bit smooth and can be very polite when he wants to be. He's got Grand Vizier written all over him. <laughs> Where are my manners? This is something of an occasion after all, isn't it? Our first meeting. Welcome. He hasn't really quite got the hand of the handshake, has he? Colonel, if we really intended you harm, do you believe you'd be standing there? As I said. Welcome. Don't do it. Really, really don't do it. We've got a ring buzzer. Yeah, I prefer the original Japanese ring to the crappy remake. <laughs> crush, crush. Get them, lads. <laughs> oh, dear. It's a nice effect. We're inside your unconscious mind. Now, that's a nice shot. It's blue. You'd think there'd be more lights on. This place must be important to you. I work here. Your iris code is 903-224-637. Wow, that's... He knows everything. And this week's lottery numbers are... Close. Combination of blue and tungsten lighting effects. And all the monitors are showing static. I'm thinking of an animal. <laughs> I never expected that you would amuse me. <laughs> well done, Jack. I never expected you to put your hand in my head. Your mind is incredible. Well, such chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jack. I will eventually kill you, but for now, you, you amuse me. Come on, Jack, seriously, you didn't think that was a compliment, did you? Oh, now that's just plain nasty. Oh, yes. And didn't he look young? That's only six years ago. Six years on action show can age an actor. And I'm sure they artificially younged him. Let's just say that uh, he used product back then. That will be your punishment each time you attempt to conceal something from me on our journey. Quite frankly, I think the Stargate should look like that all the time. The blue with the... The light, yeah, coming out of the rays. Where are we going? To every place you have ever been. The light is almost shining through, Jack. He's semi-translucent. It's got a very powerful light source directly behind the gate. Mm-hmm. Similar to the effect they did when Daniel ascended. Oh, and they're back in the ship. <laughs> what did I do last night? 
Have I ever got a headache? <laughs> Where am I? Who am I? <laughs> what am I wearing? What are you wearing? <laughs> reasonable to assume that Teal could wake up first. Yes. Ooh, he almost swore. I think you're a couple of seconds ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I was reading. Uh, it doesn't help, you know. Sorry. Oh, shit. Yeah, because you said we almost swore, then two seconds later he went, oh, shh. Jonas. Jonas is actually disturbed and with a headache. They filmed Jonas with actual handheld camera to get the look of him being more agitated. Uh-huh. Her hand was inside my head and it was like a... It's like a nightmare. I think we all had a similar experience. Yes, Sam, you got probed. <laughs> I don't remember much of it. Or do I? How long were we out? 37 hours, sir. Ship time. Why would they bring us back here? Perhaps we can take advantage of the situation. Detonate the hyperdrive, you mean? An overload would cause a pretty big explosion. Big enough to be worth it? I honestly don't know, sir. Go. So, they are within the time dilation field then, so... How many hours or days have gone past in the outside world? Or is it the way around, isn't it? It's running the other way. Yes, the other way around, isn't it? The plan was to make it the other way. Yeah. This is gonna work. See, I'm useful for something. <laughs> yeah, but if if explosives and weapons worked, the Asgard would have won their war. That's a nice steady cam shot showing the extent of this new set design. Mm -hmm. And they do like the use of a lift. They're getting this down to a fine art. <laughs> Three-way dance with the steady cam operators, Tim. Yeah, because that's a fairly large rig. Those things. These few seconds, they've, they've moved a wall. <laughs> and this shot, actually, they had to do a couple of times so the guy could actually fit through there without bumping the camera. <laughs> well, it's better than cash. Yes, there's no way you'd get through that door. They are replicators. Oh, dear. Explain yourself, Sam. What's going on? Everything's fine, sir. You were just chatting. <laughs> just chatting. Providing aid and comfort to the enemy. Although she does look a little nervous. Mm -hmm. So we'd be more comfortable. Thanks. It was not difficult. Apparently, sir, we're invited to dinner. At his request. Whose? First. And you are... I was fifth. The others are merging with our replicated brethren, but they will return soon. Yeah, you want to let them know we've made other plans? Exploding your vessel would only serve to feed energy to the replicator blocks on the surface of the planet. We know what you're doing. There's no secrets here. We know what you're doing. And we've knit your food as well, so if you want to eat, you've got to come and visit. <laughs> that sounds like we've knit your food. You know? The only food that's knitted is supposedly certain breakfast cereals. Yeah. Bring a bottle, guys. A very different character, as we can see, just from this little interaction. Hmm. That one's different. No kidding. I mean, he comes across as almost human. Well, he's not. So what do we do? Can we leave? The ship will fly, but I don't know how far we'll get. Well, you can assume that if the replicators didn't want you to go, all they'd have to yeah. do is actually kind of swarm the landing gear and you wouldn't be taking off anywhere. Indeed not. Anyone hungry? Let's do lunch. 
what is for lunch? Melon? Ice cream? Are they apples or tomatoes? I think they're tomatoes. I don't know what that is in the bag. Bottle of water. You'll forgive us if we don't shake your hands this time. Now please sit and replenish yourselves. Organic forms store energy so inefficiently. <laughs> yeah, a little dig there. Atos Organics. Assume you're sixth? Yes. Our newest addition. So kind of going girl boy, girl boy. Sir, you I see that. I assume the other characters can drain heat energy from the ice cream to keep it cold while they sit on the table. Um, yes, the table, which is replicators. The chairs, which are replicators. The apples, which are <laughs> They're too big to be tomatoes. When our replicator brethren discovered the android Reese, they realized she was their creator. They studied her design and form and found aspects of her technology superior to their own. Our brethren are composed of ungainly blocks. We are composed of millions of cell units. Microscopic in comparison, they combine to create this form. Like nanites, sir. I hate those things. Everybody must recognize Tameth Pennicut. Who? You don't recognize Tameth Pennicut. I was off screen, briefly. What are you doing? I'm back. I'm just wondering which one is Tameth Pennicut. You don't recognize Hilo from Battlestar Galactica and what's his name from Dollhouse? Wait until he appears again. I'm not good with names, you know that. Oh, him, yes. Yes, him I know. Well, we're at it then. First is Ian Buchanan. Second is Christina Copeland. Third is Tameth Pennicut. Fourth is Rebecca Robbins. Fifth, as we know, is uh, G. Patrick Curry. Mm -hmm. And the new sixth is Shannon Powell. In the same way that you became the dominant species of your world, is it not a process of natural selection? The strong survive. Yeah, but there's nothing truly natural about you. I mean, you've seen into our minds. I'm quite certain that you can all tell the difference. Of course. We are far superior. Is he deliberately playing sort of innocent, slightly unfazed? Well, as the first says, the fifth was much closer to Reese's programming. Mm. It was an experiment. They tried to evolve themselves and they came out with fifth. And as we can see, the sixth is more in common with one, two, three, and four. Mm. He is, in their view, probably a flawed creation. Yes. A little too human. Eat. You know, I think that flaw is kind of hanging on there. We attempted to correct the error in the creation of Fifth. But thus far, he has proven to be far too... Human. Weak. Maybe Fifth represents what you're supposed to be. No. We won't make the same mistake again. He's a bit of a bully, that first is. That's really putting him down. You have your answers. Eat. Oh, I think he likes Sam. Oh, he's got Muppet here. <laughs> so we have, well, sort of a male of a species. Mm -hmm. Finding Sam attractive, pleasing, pleasant company. What will happen to him? Could there be any other reason we would keep you alive? <laughs> Whoa! It'll be far less painful if you don't resist. The plan was to have the replicator actually emerge from the table itself. Too expensive, CG was? Probably. Besides, it's not dramatic, we just got the bang. It is, isn't it? There are four minds to explore, at least once. And Six is very curious to experience their thoughts. Oh, of course, Six hasn't tried it yet. And you? Who would volunteer? Oh, dear. Yet had your chance. <laughs> Talking without words. 
who want you to see the disorder, the chaos. Recognize what they are in comparison. You need to understand what you are. Visit their memories of worlds we will conquer. Do you understand? First, is kind of underestimating his own people here. I won't blame you if you choose me. Carter? It's all right, sir. Last time I didn't remember a thing. Sam knows this is an opportunity to discuss stuff in private. Tell me, can you reform anything to any size? You know where I went there. Yes, I know. Nutter. <laughs> Why is it getting shaky? Reminds me a bit of Fringe, this does, the early episodes when they... Oh, the shared mind thing? Yeah. With the coma slash corpse? They've altered the colouring of the storm to reflect Fitter's mind. It's his secret place. Interesting, in his own mind, there's wind. Mm-hmm. And lightning. <laughs> yes. We share much of our thought. In this way, we are connected even with our replicated brethren. But this corner of my mind is mine alone. It was the only place we could communicate without the others knowing what is said. You're not like them. I'm a mistake. No. They are. A, a terrible mistake. Troubled young man, I believe. That's it. Help us. I can't. You can. Because you're more like us than you're like them. The others inherited the same flaw that Reese had. But you... The others would destroy me. Not if you came with us. You would do that? If you were to come with us, and the time dilation device was reset with the new interface we brought with us... And my brothers and sisters. The Asgard device was never designed to destroy the replicators. For them, it would seem like a few days have passed. We'd have hundreds of years to solve their flaw. Sam's good, isn't she? What do you want me to do? Betray your friends and family. Kind of echoey overtone, isn't it? Yeah, there is. I suppose in somebody's mind, the space is infinite, so... If the space is infinite, why is there an echo? You really don't need to promote me on Sam. <laughs> Sir? And that scene was shortened because the episode Sir. was overrunning. Should have been a slow pan of all the unconscious oh, yes. bodies, and eventually leading to Sam. Jonas and Tilk. Guess somebody's been in Jack's head again. Sir, there's a way out of this, but we're going to have to trust... Which <laughs> He's already at it. The only problem with that was that Patrick had to be careful where he stepped in the machine because half the stuff is very breakable. I've made the necessary adjustments. To what? The time dilation device. I'm coming with you. Uh, that wasn't part of the plan, was it? He's like a little puppy. Take me home now. Yes, sir. The others are merging with their brethren, sharing what they've learned from you, but they will return soon. I've reconfigured the device, but you must enter your command code. This isn't going to end well. No, it's not. He may be a replicator, but he's a rather innocent and naive replicator. Yes. Let's head back to the ship. Don't fire up the engines, but be ready. Earth technology makes you proud, doesn't it? Hmm. Yes, to be honest with you, why not just have a little mechanical thing that you twist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'm so sweet and innocent and naive. And evil. If I leave, the others will know. They'll return before the device activates. Then we set it off now. No. We will be trapped with the others. You can probably make it to the ship a lot faster than we can, right? Oh, yes, in a fraction of the time. Give us a head start. If you arrive at the ship just before we launch, your absence won't alert the others until it's too late for them to do anything about it. So set the timer for five minutes. 
Yes, actually let him come up with the, the problem and then come up with a solution. He thinks, I'm brilliant idea. Ah, oh, Jack. I know that, Major. Thank you. You won't leave without me. Yeah, if you use the rank just to kind of underline the fact that that was an order. Look at him, he's happy. <laughs> Three, two, one, mark. Timer's running. Now, how many other devices have we had a graphic display in very prominent position? Yeah, that one's can be tucked away so nobody can see it. But, I mean, you could see that it was three minutes. Well, he wasn't looking, was he? Because he trusts her? Yes, he does. So how did Jack know that she meant three when she said five? No, he told her three by his fingers on his watch. Fire up those engines now! Understood, O'Neill. Good to know, Tilt's trained in this technology. I know he can fly a death glider, but come on, surely that must be different. What have you done? Nothing. Where are the humans? They've returned to their ship to rest. They're trying to escape. No, even as we speak, they're preparing to leave. Oh, Daddy's home. She promised. It's not too late. He actually rather feels sorry for him. Almost. There's time enough to stop the machine. Yes, that's it. You can read his mind, but no. his mind thinks there's five minutes. You fools. We've tricked you. How long? 20 seconds before the device activates. Get this thing in the air. We're going to be here a long time. A simple red button to initiate takeoff. Yes. Lovely. Why do we need these highly trained, expensive crews? They're escaping. There's still two minutes left. No, my son. They've made a fool of you. And you. Don't forget yourself. Uh, you'll grow up one day. You could have stopped it. You could have punched through it there. Ooh. She promised. As the camera jumps to 500 frames per second to shoot this. I assume they got out of the uh, space-time bubble. There goes the X-03, making a dash for it. Well, they said 1.2 light-years, and they're on sublight. They would have had to go FTL. Jack seemed guilty. Mm-hmm. We are beyond the time limits of field. Thor senses congratulations, sir. I'll rendezvous with us as soon as they determine no replicator vessels escaped. He damn well should. He was just big time. Fine. You do realize what you did. The right thing, Jonas. Yeah, keep telling yourself that, Jack. Yes, Jack. You used his uh, as you crunch the replicator, crunch the baby skulls beneath your feet. Jonas is right. <laughs> it's exactly what we did. He wasn't human. Get that through your heads. There's two people in that room who are not human. You could have fooled me. We all know what would have happened if those things had gotten out. Who's going to stop him? We did the right thing. I hope you're right, sir. So do I. I mean, you can't argue against the logic. One replicator loose, even with the best intentions, it's caused disaster before. Yes, yes, it has. I'm sure they'll find a way to get rid of but good to know that anybody that takes any interest in Sam comes to a sticky end. Mm, so far, yes. So far. The rule of Sam. 
and that was unnatural selection. Yes, it was. I'm going to turn the heat on. It's getting a bit chilly in here. I say, as a second part of the two-parter, I think that was pretty good. And it was very tight. It wasn't a hugely easy episode to comment on. They're easy to comment on when there's lots of action. All the exposition and long sort of panning shots. Well, you had a good three minutes of Thor laying out uh, his plans for SG-1. Mm. So there was a lot of talking, but that said, it was an entertaining episode. Be hard-pressed to say which one I like best, Prometheus or Unnatural Selection. I think they both had uh, the plus and minus points. But this one did have an O'Neill-class starship in it, so yay. Yes. So that were Unnatural Selection. Next week, we have Sight Unseen. So that's the stand thing like something like that. Priestess. SG-1 returns from mission with an ancient artifact that triggers the ability to see hideous, yet harmless life forms in a parallel reality. As the effect spreads to civilians, our needless team must find a solution before mass hysteria breaks out. I don't remember this one at all. I don't remember the title. I'm pretty sure it'll come back to me when I watch it, but, uh, hmm. But from the priestess, I'm like, uh, duh. Yeah, <laughs> trying to place it. Series 6, episode 13. Bad pun? Yeah. Okay, bad pun. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, even though Stargate SG-1 is a fantastic series, it, it has its fair share of unforgettable uh, episodes. <laughs> I would have sounded so much better had you <laughs> neglected to use the un. It will, after I've finished editing it. <laughs> so you'll fix it in post? I probably will do. Although I might leave it in, it might sound just as fun. You're actually allowed to embarrass yourself? Occasionally. Once every four episodes, I'm allowed to embarrass myself. <laughs> I see. Whereas I get two, three an episode. Yes. <laughs> Oh, the price we pay to avoid having to go through the thing that you go through every week. Come try ya! In the event that you have feedback, via the methods described here. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com and has its own feedback and contact form. Links to episodes not on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus groups are listed under The Gatecast. And our Twitter feed goes by The Gatecast, which is one word. We are also listed on the Blueberry service as The Gatecast, one word, and Cast Roller as The Gatecast. It can also be found on iTunes, and that's one portal where any comments and reviews would be most welcome. Finally, our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com, and even with today's social media network deluge, it's still the most basic and reliable method of contacting us. If you want to be a bit more adventurous than recording an audio file, MP3 preferable, but doesn't really matter, and email it to us. It's a great way to interact with us and the rest of the listeners. It also helps when we hear how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us feedback and any other type of comment about the Stargate franchise, or our own small part of this fandom. Links and pictures are all part of the love of SG-1, SGA and Universe. Retweets, shares and plus ones are always appreciated. One universe, one people, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. Just say the word. Open the iris. We have feedback, and varied feedback at that. So let's kick off. First off, a big hello to John, who joined our Facebook group and sent us an email about Prometheus, which was last week's Gatecast episode. Hello, sirs. I had to write in about this episode. This is one of my favourites from the series and my favourite ship from SG-1. I do know the X-Ray-04 is a warship. I just always liked the design for this one better and would think in reality the military would build X-303 and X-304 and just use them for different reasons. And I'm finally on the Facebook page, so we'll try and post more there from time to time. Anyway, keep up the good work. John from Philly. Cheers, John, and thanks for the email. And in all thoughts on our show and Stargate is always welcome. We're all of a mind when it comes to the franchise. Up next is Colin, the host of Trek News and Views, who sent us a voicemail. 
Hello Gatecast, this is Colin from England, host of the Trek News and Views podcast. Just wanted to comment because you've just done Prometheus, which I think is one of my favourite episodes for all the wrong reasons. First of all, the reason the fact that the most advanced, sophisticated starship ever built by humanity can be stolen so easily. And also because Jack O'Neill's nerd rage, well, it's beyond that, and it is palpable. You can definitely tell that he did not want to do this episode the way it was done. I've really felt sorry for the extra who got to Colonel O'Neill's both barrels. But, you know, you can see why he didn't want to do it. I mean, the premise, you know, that it would be so easy to steal a ship, that sophisticated would be unbelievable. The fact that they managed to cover 4,000 miles in 20 seconds to get the uh, X302. And also the fact that the reason they opened the roof was because they was going to blow the ship up. Now, wouldn't that have been preferable to having the ship fall into enemy hands anyway and if you really wanted to escape and you went to all the lengths to escape would you really have blown yourselves up i think that i think you know i mean i know it's story plots and so on and so forth but in reality i think they would have just let it blow up and pass it off as a nuclear accident or something like that or you know most people aren't really going to blow themselves up apart from you know madmen who do blow themselves up but i don't think gold would have blew himself up but all in all you know, apart from the obvious holes, it was. Uh, I quite like Prometheus, so. and the fact that you know they haven't got a navigational system that works beyond Earth's solar system is a bit of a you know an oversight, shall we say, in regards to building an interstellar sh- spaceship. Once you get past Pluto, we're lost. <laughs> anyway, great show, guys. Look forward to the next one. So until then, live long and podcast. Thanks for that, Colin. And we agree with all your points. The episode is good and a lot of fun, but there were a lot of band-aids on the plot to make the story work. Right. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Well, we've got the Prometheus feedback. Ooh, five. Some nice shots there, Prometheus. Mm. On our Facebook page, Kevin Webb. Yes, who am I accidentally called Kevin. Oh, definitely Kevin. I know. He pointed that out to me. Did he? Oh, right. <laughs> My guess is probably not the first time then. <laughs> well, in fairness, when your parents give you a first name that's very, very similar to a common spelling of a different name, it's going to happen. Probably, yeah. The number of times I've had to tell people, no, it's not A-L-L-E-N. Kevin posted, just wondering, how do people normally listen to the show? E.g. just audio or with the app on? Thomas replied, I usually listen while driving, so I am unable, uppercase, to watch. Plus, I know almost every episode by heart. Exclamation mark. I replied, the cast was originally intended, at least in my mind, to be an out-and-out commentary track, but truth be told, we don't have the skill or time to do a proper MST3K job or the in-depth knowledge for a cast crew commentary. That coupled with sound quality, sync and other things pushed the cast to what it really is, a standalone piece of audio, but fully in sync with the R2 PAL releases from Season 6 onwards. (laughs) Then we have your the actual posting. Uh, that was on the photographs for Prometheus. On the actual posting of Prometheus, Thomas said, Awesome app. All in uppercase. Can't wait to listen to it. Three exclamation marks. Three. Ooh. That take. That, uh, that takes. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I, should, I don't know why I bother. The outtakes, thanks to the power cuts, were quite entertaining. May keep them for a rainy day. Smiley. Also, thanks to not being able to edit the post, the Prometheus was not threatened by a vegetable. <laughs> what? Now, if you want some uh, clarification to that, I wrote, a top-secret project is compromised by a leak, L-E-E-K. <laughs> <laughs> Which I only noticed after the fact, but 
Adriana says, laughs. Are you sure about that? Only in my nightmares. And that was a feedback for Prometheus. We do have a new iTunes review from uh, Stephen Jones. Bless him. Oh. He gave us five stars. A great podcast from the very start and getting better and better. Funny, insightful and reliable. Chevron 7 locked. Oh. Yes. Considering we were there at the start, it wasn't a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it took us a couple of years to find our uh, thing. Jane posted a petition to MGM and Sci-Fi to sort of revive Stargate Universe. Apparently the idea was spam the wall on a certain day. Yeah, unfortunately, MGM have sold off a hell of a lot of the prop. That's what I said about B5, they had to rebuild a lot of it for Lost Tales. Let's say in five years, perhaps MGM will. One is doubtful. There's a lot of people who are still looking to bring Stargate Atlantis back, but do you think really Jason Momoa is going to want to go back into television? Well, after a couple of movies, he'll come to realise that TV's a nice steady gig. <laughs> no, if Jason Moore goes back into television, he will most likely do Conan the TV series. I haven't seen it, so I don't know how it ends. I don't think that'd work. It might. That's all the feedback for this week, then. We love to hear it, and we love to play it. On the next Stargate SG-1... What is it? I'd say it's some kind of bug zapper. An alien artefact. You don't see that? No, what is what? It was an alien creature of some kind. Has a mysterious effect on a crew member's vision. Are you sure it wasn't some kind of hallucination? You're suggesting I'm delusional? Yes, that's what we're suggesting. And it's spreading. I just saw something fairly interesting. Like a virus. Shut off that device. We've tried. Now, if they can't stop it. We're getting sporadic reports of sightings. If they can't contain it. It could cause world panic. We're going to have a massive disaster on our hands. Richard Dean Anderson stars... We have an exposed man on the run. ...on the next Stargate SG-1. That's pretty much it. Folks, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. As always, any and all feedbacks appreciated. Whether positive, negative, or just insane. Insane always works. Yes. Okay then, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com.